It's the Yolanda Neely Show. Welcome to the Yolanda Neely Show podcast, and I am excited. I have Dr. John Perry II in the house around the round table. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, and I love how you say my name. Really? Yeah, I need you to announce me everywhere. I I'm available. If it's another job or a side hustle, I'm available. I heard that. I keep that in mind. But uh, exciting news happening. Uh, you put the word out there, so tell us a little bit about it. Well, um, actually, yesterday I announced I announced the formation of an exploratory process for a run for mayor. Okay, and uh, I'm excited about it. I, I, you know, I told you the last time you were on my show, that was the position I saw you in. You did. I did. You I, did. I, I, I did. was. I was still in the process of thinking about it at that point. Um, did I actually want to run for mayor, or did I want to just run for commissioner? Mm -hmm. um, had some people who had come to me and said, "Hey, you know, we really would like for you to consider running for mayor." Mm -hmm. So I was thinking through the process how feasible it would be. Right. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you: uh, Has this been a a, a dream or a desire to enter into politics? Actually, no. Um, I was really perfectly content being a pastor. Okay. Um, and that's that's kind of how I saw my life unfolding and carrying out to my last breath. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that, as a pastor, I'm very passionate about is trying to push my people to live a life that impacts change within the world. Um, and unfortunately, um, I don't have people aspiring to become um, the senator, um, house of representatives, um, mayors, and things of that sort. Mm -hmm. And so um, I began to feel this burden for our community because our community needed leaders um, to help foster the change that we're so in desperate need of. Um, and so I, I felt that, you know, in this season, God was telling me to step out. Uh -huh. Don't just preach a message of impact and change, but example it. That's the area of need that I think our, our community has right now that, right. that I uniquely have the ability to, to help fulfill. Well, last year you started by running for a commission seat Absolutely. that you lost by very, very few votes because our community, how can I put this? They don't participate like um, they should. Unfortunately. In the um, voting system. Yeah, we fell short by 12, 12 votes. Um, I was teasing with someone. I said um, that year I ran a poor man's campaign. Okay. You know, I didn't give myself a lot of time in terms of raising money or put a lot of emphasis on raising money. We just kind of did grassroots mm -hmm. um, where we committed to the process of going door to door, talking with people personally and just really asking them for their commitment to get out and vote. Mm -hmm. And um, we were able to come very, very close. Um, and this time, you know, there's some lessons that we've learned from that process um, that I believe it helps to better position us to, to, to get a win this time. This community has been through some turmoil especially since Ahmad Aubrey's death. Right. 
Do you think that even gave you more of a passion to, you know, because you were really kind of out there as one of the leaders, um, along with some very wonderful people behind the scenes, and you were more of the forefront uh, representing on, you know, cable news stations and all of that. Did that even give you more of a passion to enlighten you to like, you know what, this community really, really needs a good leader? Well, in the moments that we were dealing with Ahmad Aubrey, and I guess it's still really going mm-hmm. on, I think it was a manifestation of, of who I am and what my heart is for the community. In that moment, the idea for me was just to properly represent our community. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that opportunity in different moments with school board issues and things of that sort. So I think a lot of people had opportunity to be introduced to me. A lot of people had an opportunity to really discern my heart for the community and that I really just simply desire to be a voice of positive change for our community. Um, if that means that we've got to stand for justice, if that means that we've got to advocate for um, for more productive business within our um, downtown sector, um, if it means that, you know, somebody has to stand up and say that, listen, the condition of these homes um, for our community are, are less than acceptable and something has to be done. And so I think the Ahmad Aubrey moment was was a manifestation of really who I am. I have a passion for people. Mm-hmm. I hate to see people being um, taken advantage of. Um, and when there's a need for someone to be a voice of truth for the benefit of others, um, I just feel this tug. Um, that gets you in trouble sometimes. But, right. But I, I can't, I, you know, it's always been something about me that's that's willing to be the voice of people who have no voice for themselves. What do you see you doing differently than the previous mayors? Well, you know, um, I think one of the things that people don't understand when it comes to our mayor is that we have what you call a weak mayor system. The mayor is not responsible for the day to day. Um, He doesn't have the same level of authority as some mayors in metropolitan areas. Um, Everything in our area comes down to a vote and the mayor just represents one of those votes. The authority of the mayor um, is that he is a real figure um, on one level. On another level, he gets to select people for certain boards um, that they have. And so that that's, you know, from a structural standpoint, you know, that's kind of an overview of what the mayor is. But I understand this. The mayor is a figure that has the ability to speak vision. Um, and not only speak vision, but if he's able, he can bring about unity um, with the residents. Okay. And so the, the real interest for me is that I think that we can impact positive change mm-hmm. um, by casting aggressive vision and unifying our people to work together towards that vision. Um, pretty much we've been a, a divided community um, in the last, under the last two mayors. Um, there's been a great divide. My hopes is to bring about a unified vision. Mm-hmm. And if we can get a unified vision, it will unify our people. And if we unify as a people, we unify our energy. Right. And we're able to bring about the positive change that all of us really are dreaming of. Um, you know, the more I talk with people, what I'm finding out is that we all really want the same thing, whether you're black, white, or Hispanic, 
um, whether you are of one economic class or another economic class, all of us want to see the poverty that's eroding our city eliminated. Mm -hmm. um, that benefits all of us. If you're impoverished, eroding the, um, eliminating the poverty that erodes our, our, our city, what it does is give you now new job opportunities, um, economic possibilities. For people who are already stable, um, the blight is a, gives our city a sore eye. Mm -hmm. um, it makes their property value go down. And so all of us really want the same thing. We want to attack this poverty, whether that's poverty or mindset mm -hmm. that's producing the condition. Um, every form of poverty, we just really have to deal with. Well, you know, some segments of our community want to, um, I guess, consolidate the city and the county. Right. Um, so it's going to be very important that that next mayor we have can really say, no, I mean, this is historic. This is the city. This is the benefits of being a city. I've talked to people in other communities like Macon, you right. know, and Macon has grown. I mean, I look at, I've gone there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's the same Macon. So that... That's good, but you know, you have the hospital and you have Mercy, you have all of that downtown. Right. But for us to consolidate, it wouldn't be the same because we don't have all, we don't have a campus, we don't have a school campus there, we don't have, you know, different things like a Macon would have. Do you see a benefit or you see, you know, how would you try to stop that? Well, you know, I've advocated for years against the idea of consolidation. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still my stance. Um, I think one of our greatest resources is the people that we have. We have a talent pool that we just haven't tapped into. Um, mm -hmm. We have some resources and people that we've got to begin to pull on. And that goes back to this whole thing of being unified. If, right. if we can't come together and unify ourselves, then we miss one of the greatest assets that we have as a city. And that's the that's the knowledge and uh, the wealth of understanding in our people to bring about change. And so I really don't think there's a need for us to consolidate. What I'm pushing at this point is this idea that we have to move to understand that every part of our county has to equally rise. Um, so St. Simons is already thriving and successful. Um, our county has been making some very, very aggressive moves to um, expand the county and develop the county. Jekyll mm -hmm. um, is already thriving um, and doing very well. Now we got to get everybody to buy into the idea that Brunswick has to thrive as well. Um, if you have a city that the, that's marketed to the world that's impoverished, high crime, um, and just this this terror, mm -hmm. um, whether you want to admit it or not, it affects the quality of tourism. Right. Um, and so literally, we have to uh, uh, reimagine Brunswick, and when we reimagine Brunswick, aggressively bring about the changes that have to come into play and make it a, a, a destination place. Mm -hmm. And when I say destination, I'm not just talking about tourism. I'm talking about a place that people want to live. Um, you know, a, People up north are always saying, you know, once I finish my career, I've got to move somewhere where I can just relax. Mm -hmm. um, but it's bigger than just relaxing. Um, you want a place where you can live. Um, and while you're living, all of your needs are met in the community in which you live. So that means that we can't be a food desert. Um, there's nowhere for me to buy food. Um, so I got to drive all the way to the other end of the county. 
in order to get um, food, in order to shop. Um, you know, those things aren't attractive. Uh, most people are looking for something to do. They want some type of nightlife, mm -hmm. um, some type of entertainment. Um, whether whether you're, you're younger and you go to clubs or whether you're someone who believes in orchestras, you, right. know, you, you have to have something there that meets the, the social needs of the people. And so we have a lot of possibilities. Um, and when we can get everyone to buy into the idea that our whole county um, that it's time for our whole county to thrive, um, then I believe they'll understand it's not a need to consolidate. Um, we just have to allow everyone to rise and achieve the goal of being a great area equally. Absolutely. I mean, you look at a downtown, you know, I lived in Savannah for seven years and you go downtown Savannah and you see so much that's happening. You know, of course, I, I've seen it grow. Right. I, when I first got there, you know, you had all those abandoned houses and, and, and of course, with SCAG coming down there and they just really built it up. And, you know, my boy is now the mayor of Ed Johnson yeah. and, and just seeing how aggressive he is and even handling the coronavirus and, you know, fighting with the governor, you know, making masks uh, mandated, you know, you have a lot that you're going to have to, it's just saying, you know, hypothetically speaking, you become the mayor. Right. You got to start like bottom up. I mean, from the ground level, because first of all, Corona has taken a lot of jobs. Right. So where do you go from there? How do you begin to, I don't want you to tell all your trade secrets at this point, <laughs> but I'm sure you're going to have to run on a platform. Oh, absolutely. So um, what, what is one of the things you're going to try to do to help rebuild Brunswick because we're hurting right now. Well, I mean, we know that we have to stabilize our economics. And so first phase has to be stabilization. Um, after stabilization, then you have to find ways to strengthen um, your economic um, pool. And then you have to diversify. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, you have, you have that basic movement that we're going to have to overcome. Um, or we're going to have to undergo. And so, you know, what are the, the different things that we do to stabilize? Of course, we've got to pump money into small businesses. Right. We have to encourage small businesses um, at a great level. Um, and it's got to be more than just talk. Mm -hmm. um, not only encourage entrepreneurship, but we've got to begin to run a campaign. Spend your money within your city. Mm. Um, in order for us to grow, we got to begin to learn the value of spending our money um, amongst ourselves. Um, and a lot of times we're not bold enough or courageous enough to speak that level of truth. Um, it's not that we don't want you to go spend your money in other areas of the county, but we need for you to take on a mindset that I spend home first. Right. And then when um, there is no option within, then I take money into the county. Mm -hmm. um, and then if there's no option in the county, then I take money to other cities. Right. This whole idea of like going to do all of your back to school shopping in another town. Um, we've got to begin to educate our people um, on the value of circulating your money. Um, first of all, in your city, mm -hmm. then in your county and then abroad. Um, and so, you know, there's some basic things that we can do. Um, which will be a, for me, if allowed to be mayor, would be a conversation that they're not used to a mayor saying and having with them. But in order for us to stabilize, 
we got to have those type of conversations. Me being here for the past eight years, and I've never lived in a community like this. And some is good and some is bad because, again, things to do. There's nothing, you right. know. I've, you know, lived in Nashville and I lived in Miami and, you know, and Atlanta and different places around the country. So I'm always that person, concerts and things like that. While I was on the radio here, many uh, promoters and people want to bring things here. But the mindset, again, let's go back to the mindset of the community. They would rather go to Jacksonville or go to Savannah versus spending a dollar within the community. How can you, as a mayor, begin to change that type of mindset? Well, you know, it goes back to what we just talked about. You have to create campaigns that literally change the consciousness of your community. If you're not willing to just outright have those hard conversations, the conversation that we're having right now, we haven't been hearing from City Hall. Um, we haven't seen a marketing campaign that says um, that 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 we have to support in order to become the city that we dream of becoming. Now is the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have to come up with creative campaigns and we have to um, keep on putting it before the face of people so that they see it over and over, hear it over and over, and we begin to develop another mindset and another culture within our city. Now, some of the problems that we've had with attracting some things is that of course downtown uh, we don't have hotels mm -hmm. but thankfully there's a a hotel franchise that's 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 really looking at us before the coronavirus um took place um there were a lot of talks going on and so um it looks like there'll be a hotel coming into our area within the near future and so um there's some things that are going to happen um even on um the um, waterfront, mm -hmm. you know, they're talking about building a mall, um, some some shopping um, areas. And so there's some things that's going to happen. Um, but while things are happening, we also have to address um, the thinking of our community, um, because ultimately thinking determines the culture that you have. Absolutely. Uh, our current mayor is still trying to get this conference center going. Are you going to continue with that or... Is that going to be a wrap or how? Because we don't have any venues as right. well. <laughs> so if we do want to bring people here or bring artists or, you know, concerts or some, something like that, there's nowhere to put them. Well, you know, I think the idea of a conference center um, was a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, I sat in the middle um, of, of the idea initially because I got to hear both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, the business community were not fully aboard because right. they were asking the question, how do we sustain it? You know, what are the drivers that you have around the conference center um, to, to make sure that it's a valuable option for people? Mm -hmm. So if we have a concert, people decide to stay in the city. Um, do we have the necessary restaurants and the other necessary entertainment around it um, that makes our conference center the choice um, for people. What makes them say the conference center of Brunswick rather than the conference center of Jekyll. Um, and so there was some desire to see the infrastructure built up a little more before a conference center. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe a conference center absolutely will work and is absolutely needed. Absolutely. Um, because they're wrestling with that idea of a hotel, 
Um, of course, there will be some some space that's available within a hotel um, that can meet some of our need while we're getting to the point of building up a conference center. Um, but I think right now um, the whole idea is more strategy. You know, how do we systematically go about putting these pieces in places so that we, we have a systematic flow mm-hmm. that makes sense for aggressive forward movement? Again, you see other communities just growing and blossoming. And we have all these old dilapidated houses. Nobody's living in them. You know, all these buildings that could really be either renovated or torn down and Things could really be a possibility. Jobs could be in place. Again, um, I think that the people, so they can really see the vision. You know, the Bible says people without vision, they perish. And the fact is, there's so much. You know, I remember coming here eight years ago. And one of my friends, she's a New Yorker too. We and we drove. I said, "Girl, let me take you downtown." And she like looked around. She said, "Oh my God, this is a gold mine." I said, "I know, <laughs> I know," because every time I tried to leave, even though I'm I'm currently not employed here, I don't really see that need to get out of here. Y'all kidnap me. <laughs> but seriously, I see opportunities here. I see major opportunities here, and. I don't just want to pack up and go somewhere else where I I put my time, I put my energy, and I love this community. Absolutely. I love this community. It's crazy. I know people, my friends can't believe it. They're like, you like Brunswick? I said, I do. I love the people. And I see the people living in a much better place than they see themselves. And I don't know how to, to really... I don't know how to help. I, at one point, I had a voice, and you know, I still have a voice. Right. And guys, you still using my voice, but you know, I see, I see it, I see it. So, how do you convey that to the people here? Well, I, I think they know it, I, and I, I, for anyone who doesn't know it, I think God has put in place key people mm-hmm. who are willing to communicate it. Um, Commissioner Felicia Harris, um, one of the things that she says all the time. Um, if this place wasn't a place that held great value, why would they want it? Mm. <laughs> and she, she, you know, she has moments where she, she says that and she conveys that message. And so we have strategically placed people okay. who are communicating the value and the possibility of this area. And so I think they're hearing it. What has to happen now is that we have to have this unified vision that brings people together. We literally have to reimagine Brunswick in the way that we want to see it. Say, okay, we are gonna come together and we're gonna make this happen. I'm a part of the reason that people perish um, when there's a lack of vision is because people become scattered. Mm. They begin to do their own thing and there's no no vision to direct the efforts of the masses. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to direct the the efforts, the attention of the masses towards a unified vision so that we can collectively come together. And that's a part of being community. Right. Um, we'll even see ourselves strengthening in our identity as a community. Um, and pe- more people will see what you see, mm-hmm. um, how beautiful of a place this is and want to be a part. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I still want to be a part of here, you know, and I've interviewed for jobs in other places and then you know and i i kind of like i'm I'm interviewing and i'm saying to myself you know i don't want to leave 
I don't want to go. Why am I even doing this? And I mean, I had one interview and this guy, he said to me, what can what can we do to 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 move you from Brunswick, Georgia? What can we do to get you? And I'm like, you'd have to pay me a whole lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I was being very transparent. But, you know, in the back of my mind, if you do pay me that money, I'm just going and get me a little spot. Even if I got to get a studio because I'm coming home. I got you. (laughs) I'm coming back. Yeah, I've I've had that struggle um, quite a bit. You know, I've been here 13 years now. Okay. And initially, when I accepted the pastorate of Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my colleagues you know, were scratching their head. You mm-hmm. know, literally, you know, why would you go in the middle of the woods? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're supposed to be somewhere like this, like this. Mm-hmm. But there was this this internal conviction that I was in the right place. Um, literally, I, I pastor a. A, a moderate church, a small church, but it's filled with great leaders. Mm. Um, you know, I have um, one family where um, the wife was a former school superintendent okay. in McIntosh, and then um, the husband was a principal, a counselor, teacher. Um, I, I have former um, president of the Longshoremen, former supervisor at the pump mill, um, you know, I'm surrounded by a, a pool of leadership that that really I've been able to glean from. They've respected me as a pastor who has the ability to teach the Word of God and who's very passionate. Um, but I've seen their leadership, leadership skill at work. Um, and it's been a unique partnership because as I've developed them and their knowledge of Scripture and the will of God, they uniquely developed and helped to polish my leadership skills at a whole nother level. And now um, the window of opportunity has presented itself um, for me to, to possibly um, be the mayor of, of this city if the people so decide and, and provide another level of leadership. And so the area is just a wonderful area full of possibility and I've always seen the benefit of being here. I guess we got like minds because I see it. It's a beautiful place. It really is. I drive around a lot and I'm like, wow, I'm blessed to be here. I hear that, you know, now as much as we say that it's a beautiful place and we're blessed to be here, there's a lot of complaining mm-hmm. and a lot of discontentment that people have regarding um, this beautiful place that, that we're in. Um, but there comes a point where you stop complaining and you really understand that there's been placed in you this creative ability. Mm-hmm. And you've been made in the image and the likeness of God, and He's a creator. And so we stop complaining. We collectively come together and put our creative abilities together. And then out of that, we produce the beautiful city that, that you know, we're talking about right now. Um, and everyone, you know, begins to coexist in, in bliss. And, you know, the, the, the cool part about right now, because of the economy and the virus, everybody's on a on a same level field. Mm. Everyone can create. Yes. Everyone can go ahead and work that vision. This is the time. Yeah. You know, it's not, okay, I, one day I'm going to think, that one day is this day. Well, you know, I love Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like one of, one of my first go-to listens now when I'm trying to, you know, just exercise his brain. He has this concept about hierarchies. He says that hierarchies have been around longer than men. Mm. 
And one of the problems that we have is that we try to ignore the law of hierarchy. And so even if we didn't have the coronavirus, there would be different economic hierarchies that exist. And in each of those different areas, there would still be needs that you have the ability to creatively market to. Um, the billionaire isn't necessarily trying to market to the hood. So if you are in that market of the hood, can you look around you and see the opportunities that are available? Mm -hmm. Allow your creativity to come out and make it a viable business opportunity because you were able to look and see the opportunities that were available around you. Um, if you're middle class, same thing applies. So despite you know your unique defined category, you always have the opportunity to do business um, if you're not blind to it. I'm hoping that your exploratory vision of becoming the mayor of Brunswick really pans out for you because I, I think you do a good job. Well, I, I do. We're, we're on the ground now mm -hmm. asking people, um, you know, what are the top three complaints you have about your city and what are three things that you would like to see. Um, my desire really is to know the heartbeat of each resident so that I can create a, a platform that is true to who I am and that with integrity voices their concerns as a community. Um, because again, you know, when we are elected, we're elected to represent the people. And I think a lot of times our elected officials, politicians, they forget that. They get in the office and they sit around and think what they think is best or they give their vote over for a future favor. Mm. And we, the people, are left from being properly represented. And right. so what I'm hoping through this exploratory process is to really prove to people that um, I care about what you care about. And it's my heart's desire to properly represent you um, once elected as the mayor. Um, and so through this process, just doing the, the, the hard groundwork of meeting people, talking to them, I hope to win people's confidence and their support. I, I wish you the best. If I could vote in the city, maybe you would have my vote. Well, <laughs> Just you, by the conversation. <laughs> your, your influence in the city is uh -oh. is, is quite enough. Uh-oh. <laughs> when you say, listen, if I could be in the city, I would vote for John Perry. So okay. You, you all need to make sure you make it happen. Okay. <laughs> You're the well, boss. I'm the boss. You, the boss. you always say that. I'm the boss. <laughs> Hey, that's right. I'm the boss. But I like that. No, but I, seriously, I, I just think that I like your vision. I saw like I saw the video and I said, wow, this that next level. Sometimes it used to scare me because when I came here, I'm like, OK, it's not that you call it dumbing down. I just didn't want to be too above. You know, I didn't want to. OK, am I too thinking too highly? You know, but this is who I am. Right. This is how I was raised. I mean, I'm, I'm from New York. I saw possibilities. My ex-co-worker used to call me Hustle Simmons. Wow. Yeah, I grew up around the corner from <laughs> Russell Simmons. So, yeah, we have that mindset. You see opportunities. You make opportunities work. This community is a big opportunity. And I hear so many young people, they want to be a part of situations now. That's a good question right there. How will you involve our young? Well, two, two things that are big for me. The idea of student learning and living in the downtown area mm. is, is a wonderful possibility. Um, through a partnership with the college, mm -hmm. I believe that we can create living space 
and possibly even um, learning um, learning space whereby you know the higher education um, is expanded into um, downtown the possibilities of that is 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 um, absolutely um, wonderful and so that's one area but then um, we gave over our parks and recreations to the county for management and now we're about to to re-inherit our our parks and recreations um, and so we have the opportunity to tailor make our programming at these parks and recreations to meet the need of our local residents in the city mm -hmm. um, you know one of the things that we've been seeing is that especially like with Howard Carfin Park um, it's been getting a lot of activity, but that activity hasn't necessarily been the youth from Brunswick, Georgia. Um, so when we get these parks and recreations back, it gives us an opportunity to really tailor um, the programming, to be programming that meets the needs of um, the youth within our city. Mm -hmm. And they can aggressively be a part of um, parks and recreations and programming that helps them to develop their social ability. And, and on top of that, you know, their after-school um, tutoring sessions and things of that sort. And so I'm excited about that. Those two things, I think, give us a, a wonderful opportunity to increase the participation of our young adults and youth. Absolutely, because, I mean, if we can pull in those young people, mm -hmm. we can have a great community. Absolutely. Well, you know, churches um, historically have always been a part of mm -hmm. great communities. Um, and something that's real big for me is to push to uh, my fellow colleagues at this time how important they are mm -hmm. to the idea of healthy community. Absolutely. Um, the message of the church, of course, it keeps on um, reiterating a message of moral value, um, family structure and all of that different stuff. And so the church has a place in the conversation. Um, and plus, they have a, a weekly group of youth um, that they can use in creative ways. Absolutely. Um, even if it's just clean up your block. We mm. have so many churches on different blocks that if they, they took responsibility for cleaning their block or cleaning the two blocks um, nearest to them, that wow, we would have a, a wonderful looking city. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, the church is a part of that conversation. And I was sharing with someone that, you know, for me, I have a zero tolerance um, for for valid crime. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our local police department in terms of Brunswick Police Department, um, they've been doing a good job at, you know, reducing crime over the years. Um, everything that can be done to help them to continue to reduce crime um, is is one of those imperatives um, because you can't get people to buy into an area where, where there is a lot of crime. Um, fortunately, um, our numbers have been going down, like I said. Um, we want to make sure they keep on going in that in that direction. Absolutely. Um, and so we want to create a culture that sends the message that, you know, okay, we're not tolerating crime, but you want to create economic opportunities that, you know, don't force people into crime because they can't, you know, take care of themselves because of all of the, the poverty um, that that we've experienced. So, you know, it's a balancing act of, of many different issues, but, you know, we systematically tackle them in a way that makes sense. Absolutely. You have work to do. 
Absolutely. You have work to do. Absolutely. I mean, even if you get the position, you got more work to do. From day one. Uh Uh-huh. From day one, you have to hit the ground running. Absolutely. To bring about meaningful change. My spirit is telling me, I think you got got what it takes. Well, you know, I'm really committed to the idea of being the voice, um, a voice for this city. Mm Mm-hmm. And what you get from me is always what we should be. Right. Um, I don't think we should make excuses. You know, one of the things that I I, I saw that I told a reporter um, a while back is that for the last 16 years, they've asked the same question of of all of the upcoming um, possible elected officials. They got the same answers over the course of 16 years. I wish I could go back 20 because I bet it would be the same, but they gave the same answer. We need to do something with our housing stock. Um, We need to create small business opportunities and and we need to, everybody consistently for 16 years said the same thing, but we're still in the same condition. Right. Which says that identifying your problem isn't enough. You can identify the problem, but if all you can see is the problem, that's all you're going to get. You have to see beyond the problem to what you can what you can become. And seeing beyond the problem gives people hope and it gives them the the willingness to work towards something better versus just trying to survive the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been at. We've just been stuck surviving the problem. Now, our current um, team downtown, they have done some things that that you don't easily see from a public standpoint right. that is necessary for um, forward movement. And so our current mayor, our um, current commissioners, um, they've made some some very good decisions um, that will help us moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, our community has been given so many promises and we need to see the manifestation of change. Um, and that's what I'm committed to, um, positive change and being a consistent voice that says, this is what we got to achieve. This is who we must become. Um, And so in this process, I just have to be clear about the hearts of the people. Mm -hmm. Um, And this exploratory um, process really helps me to become clear, helps us to have that unified plan of action um, that I'll present as my platform. Wow. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I am too. I'm looking forward to uh, following this and hopefully you'll come back on and you will talk more about it. And, you know, uh, this is a platform for you to use and to get the word out. I definitely appreciate it. Three things I I really need people um, to do Mm -hmm. right now. Um, First thing is to let me know three things, the three top concerns about the city and the three things that they would like to see um, happen in the city. But after that, I need people to make a commitment to volunteer, to be a part of the campaign. Um, a part of what we're exploring is the level of commitment that I can get from people. Mm-hmm. Um, the response has been great so far, um, but we're still looking to hear from people. And we need people to um, commit finances. Okay. You know, make donations and contributions. I've already opened up a campaign account. Um, people can already start the process of, of campaigning. Um, I'm easy to find. Um, you Google me, all kind of stuff pop up. Official uh, f- official Facebook campaign um, page. Um, you can look 
up John D. Perry, Roman numeral two, um, and uh, I'll pop up. Um, and so need people to make a commitment to donate. Um, we, we need money to run a successful campaign. With this COVID environment, we're gonna have to send out mail outs mm -hmm. um, like never before. You know, if I come knocking at your door and you look through the peephole, you, you're liable to shop through the door. What you want? Exactly. You're not bringing that COVID ground here. Can't blame folks right now because it's uh, folks are dropping. You know, it's scary. It's scary for a lot of folks. So I understand that part. And hopefully the mail will still be working. Because <laughs> we're having, oh, anyway, that's a whole other thing right there. We just need vote. folks to vote. Absolutely. <laughs> Register to vote and vote. And speaking of which, today is a primary. Absolutely. Uh, runoff. Mm -hmm. And I'm encouraging everyone. Uh, when we wrap this up, I'm going right on over and cast my vote. Absolutely. You know, because uh, it's important. It's important. And, and it's important if you want to see change in, in the city of Brunswick. Uh, this is the time for everybody to put their thinking caps on. And, you know, it, it's, it's good that you took a, a leap out there. <laughs> well, you know, that leap out there. You got to have people who care. Mm -hmm. um, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, one of the candidates, Julie Jordan. Mm -hmm. And um, after talking with Julie Jordan, I walked away telling people that my takeaway was that Julie cares. Mm -hmm. she, that she does. She, she cares. And we have to um, vote people into office that really care for the community. They have a heart for the community. That's the only way that you're going to get positive impact. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I haven't been telling people who to vote for. I've just been telling them, make sure you vote for somebody who cares. That's, that's powerful right there. Yeah. That has a passion for the people right. of the community because usually people, it's the, it's the position, it's the name, or, you know, and this is what I've done. No, but if you really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because what's, what's at stake is the person that gets in office, their dominant philosophy is going to be the system or the people. And if, if their dominant philosophy is the system, mm -hmm. then the people become expendable. Yeah. So you want to find a person that has a, a delicate balance where the people... It, it measures out a little bit above the system um, because if your heart is for the people, then you make sure that the system serves them right. But if your mindset is system first, then the people are expendable and they have to come up to the standard of the system um, if they're going to have any benefits or any quality of life. Right. And so you got to make sure you have somebody in place that has a heart for the people. That's so important. Dr. John Perry the second it seems like you have a heart for the people absolutely so let's see what happens in 2021 hey i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a great journey okay we'll have you back on we're gonna and of course we definitely have some updates on on ahmad's case and and things like that so you'll be on my show frequently okay well, prayerfully hey, i love this table time table talk time <laughs> exactly you. so so do i it's just very at ease and just letting people know and be aware 
right. of what's happening around them. So uh, I appreciate you coming around the round table again. Absolutely. Well, and thank you so much for all that you do for our community. We, we're in desperate need of positive voices that encourage us to be everything that we can be. Um, and you consistently do that. So thank you for being you. Thank you. I love this community. I do. <laughs> it's the Yolanda Neely Show podcast.